I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic. So for today's episode, we want to discuss the controversy and scandal happening in the New York City Ballet. Yes. So this is slightly after-school special because the topics that we will be discussing, we're going to be frank about them and as to what's happening. But I think it's important to talk about these older institutions that a lot of dancers and dance teachers and studio owners look up to around the world, you know, and around the country. But I, like, I know... I went to school and danced with plenty of young girls that wanted to dance for New York City Ballet, you know, yeah, American I'm... Ballet Theater, San Francisco Ballet. Like, the, we look up a lot to these major companies. And yeah. so to hear that there's dirt and scandal and these horrific things happening and have been happening for years, it gives me pause, you know? It makes me... Like, I know if I was any parent that, you know, was a part of the pre-pro program or had my child part of that program... I would be questioning sending them to that program. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I auditioned for SAB, the School of American Ballet, when I was younger. I auditioned for a lot of ballet programs because that was part of what my studio did was Mm -hmm. once you got to a certain age and level, you were sent out onto um, professional training programs for the summers. And I I even did some with Joffrey. And my experiences with Joffrey were great. I had a Mm -hmm. wonderful time. But... I did audition for SAB and I knew people who did SAB and it is scary. It's scary to think like, you know, that never happened to me, but like, oh my goodness, like, was there something going on? Like when I was auditioning, like what could have happened if I had went there? Like, is it somewhere, is this a dangerous place that you are sending your young children to? And the thing about SAB, I just want to put this out there is, um, while SAB they say is like School of American Ballet and is about, feeds into ABT, American Ballet Theater. SAB actually feeds into both American Ballet Theater and New York City Ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever they're using children for, for certain productions, like The Nutcracker, there's yeah. a couple of other shows where children are used, Coppelia, in certain scenes, no matter if it's New York City Ballet or ABT, those children come from SAB. Mm-hmm. So there is crossover with New York City Ballet. Oh, yeah. So let's get into, let's start with the first story. So uh, last year, um, it came to light that Peter Marks, the head of New York City Ballet, had, um, it was an open secret, as a lot of people said in the company, Mm -hmm. or if if you knew anyone a part of the company, that he was very inappropriate with several dancers and women and things throughout his entire time at, at New York City Ballet. He resigned. Quietly. Well, after a very large public scandal in all the papers, he resigned quietly. I was of the mindset that he was forced to retire quietly instead of being out and out fired because he could out people for holding his secrets. Oh, I 100% agree. I think it, I think he was told, you, quote-unquote, quietly resign or mm-hmm. we will fire you and there will be more press. So I 100% And his response being, go, cool, if I go before the press junket, right. I'm going to tell them about the time you covered up X, Y, and Z. Right. So I, that is how the current scandal started. 
But we all knew about Peter Marks. He was ousted from the company. Yes. Like, no longer well, there. And then we, this is something that I know that you and I have talked about on an episode before when our friend Maggie was mm-hmm. guest starring. The Peter Marks thing, um, it's something that a lot of us knew, that a lot of us had mm-hmm. heard of when we were younger, when we were auditioning, knowing people. I knew a lot of people who went through SAB, whether it be summer programs. I knew people who did SAB full full year. Yep. Um, so... It's one of those things where it's like we kind of all knew something was happening and it was scary, but you weren't part of it. It didn't affect anyone you knew personally, so it was fine. Right. Which is not good, but that's how it worked. And even for, and again, a lot of my friends internally said you would hear things, but there was no proof and there was no one situation that anyone could pin down. Right. And to me, in my love of sci-fi and conspiracy theories, that means someone's covering stuff up. Yeah. So if you, and like for people who are, are unsure of like kind of the stuff that was going on, you can Google it, you can read all about him, but a very quick um, like reference point is that Vincent Cassell's character in Black Swan, mm-hmm. he played the um, ballet, the company ballet director, master. he yeah. played the ballet master, is based off of, um, based off of Peter and all those allegations and the things that they were due, like mm-hmm. it was... They were, they were, they were, that character was that way for a reason. Yes. Yes. Very, very much so. So cut to about, at this point, it's about two weeks ago now. Uh, it was announced with not much details that, um, two gentlemen, that three gentlemen, can we want to pull up the article? Cause I do want to mention them by name. Yes. Um, the victim out of the situation, I do want, I don't want to mention her name, but I do want to mention the three gentlemen's name. And so the main guy in the situation is, I know his last name's Foley, Chase Foley. Finley? Finley. Chase Finley. He was retired from New York City Ballet. And Zachary Carlson. I'm pulling it up I right think? now. We have, I'm trying to find the other, that one. We apologize. Um, yeah, but I believe it's. I know it's. I know his first name is Zachary, and I know that the other gentleman as well is Amir. I can't find Zachary. He might be in the first article, but Zachary and Amir, mm-hmm. excuse me, were suspended from the season, from the current, from the upcoming New York City Ballet season. Right. So Amir is Amir Ramas Ramasar, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. I, I think apologize. the other guy might be in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Amir and. Zachary were suspended from the current upcoming city uh, city ballet season. That is all we heard. I was like, that's a little weird. Here it is, yes. Yeah, that one. Zachary, Zachary Catazzaro. Catazzaro. All of these are the principal dancers, for the record. Yes. Um, so they were suspended. One retired, two were suspended. And everyone was like, that's a little weird. And the only quote that came from the company was... We have investigated a situation and we found that they did not act, they did not act accordingly to our policies here mm-hmm. at the ballet. Therefore, one will be retiring, the other two will be suspended. Yes. Cut to a week later, and then a young woman, who I don't feel the need to bring up her name. She is the victim in this situation. She has done nothing wrong. Her name is, in fact, out if you would like to do the research, but I don't feel the need to bring up her name when, again, she's purely the victim in my eyes. Mm-hmm. A young woman filed a lawsuit against... Uh, Finley. She, she, so she, yes. 
So she filed a lawsuit against Finley um, and I believe against New York York City City Ballet. Ballet. Now she has not, just to be clear, because you and I were talking about this before, she has not pressed criminal charges. So she did not go to the police and press charges, but she did hire a lawyer and filed a lawsuit with the lawyer. And we will discuss that in a sec yes. later on because I have I feel like there are reasons behind that yes. that I definitely want to address. But let me finish giving you the story. So this young woman and Finley were in fact dating. Mm-hmm. She calls him her boyfriend or her ex-boyfriend. They were by all means dating and some type of love. He, without her permission or her consent, took photos and videos of her during sexual activities. Mm -hmm. He then proceeded to share via text messages these videos and photos with other ballet members, donors, and other staff at at City Ballet. So these text messages are flying around. As of today of this recording, which will be the day before it's posted, Amir... An article came out about Amir returning to Carousel because he had spent the summer and the most previous season dancing on Broadway in the musical Carousel. After the scandal broke, he was pulled from stage. He returned to stage this past Thursday. But in the article saying his return, it was also concretely stated that Amir sent a text message to Foley asking for videos between Foley and the young woman who's the victim. Foley sent him two videos. Amir sent him a photo back of a different corpse member, another victim of her topless. I'm again seeming without her consent, back and forth. And so that's kind of where we are right now. Is that that, as a company member, either you're just now finding out or you have concrete evidence that several principal boys and donors and people of importance or staff members, I'm, you know, who knows Mm -hmm. where it's secretaries or janitors or other administrators have been passing around videos of you having sex with someone you thought was your boyfriend. And so a very intimate situation is being passed around via text message. Yeah. So like we were saying, so what happened is these three, there was a, a press release announced that these, that, you know, one male dancer family was retiring. The other two would be out for the season, but it was a very quiet release. Like I didn't hear about it. I heard you know? about it, but I was just like, nobody, huh. yeah, and nobody thought. Alone. And it was, what happened was then a week later when, you know, I she was probably in the process of filing the law. I'm sure that she had already filed the lawsuit. She probably they filed had already, the same week. Right, they, they probably already got, they already got contact, so they suspended to cover their butts, and then mm-hmm. New York Post got a hold of it. And now it's public record, and so with public record, it's easy to find. But the... Okay, let's let's first start with why the... Why... And again, I have not spoken to this young lady, and God bless her, let her do whatever she thinks is right for herself and her recovery and growth mm-hmm. from this situation. She may not be choosing to press criminal charges because it legally it may be a complicated situation. Yes, we don't know the le- we don't know what her contract says. We don't know, you know, what the legal matters are well, in that. For and not even that, she consented to sex with her boyfriend, but she probably did not consent to consent consent to recording or right. filming that that is something that can be argued in front of court yep and she may not want to put herself through that no. several victims do, i mean like there are plenty and plenty of victims there are victims that have gone through 
I mean, this is awful. This is terrible. Don't get me wrong. I was going to say way worse. And that's not what I mean. But there will be victims that have gone through similar or similar more, traumatic, or more traumatic situations who don't want to testify because they don't want to go on the stand. They don't want to relive it. They don't want to have to like say it out loud in, in that capacity in with, open court you know, with, with press and people mm-hmm. watching. So I understand her not wanting to do that. I understand if there's something that lies within her contract legally i don't know what it says i'm sure there's plenty of bizarre things that exist in these contracts well i do know she has left the company yes she is an ex-dancer for the company so she has left the company so again and contracts can go on even after you've left the company you know i've signed a few where it's like two i can't say or do certain things until two years after the company i've left yeah, you have an contract. NDA. Yeah, yeah, you know. Not, well, yeah. I have some or non-compete. Right, yeah. I have some NDAs that I'm still under right now um, from years ago. But it's one of those things of you can't, like... So legally, it just may not be the better option to pursue criminal charges. Or per, it could just be personal. Like I said, she just may not want to stand in open court and have to discuss the activities between her and a boyfriend, mm-hmm. you know, that she thought she had trust in. The lawsuit, I think, is a smart idea because 100%. she should not have to pay for her own therapy. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about that, at the very least. Mm-hmm. She should not have to pay for her, her own therapy to get through this situation. No. You know, and also just the amount of awareness it brings to this company as a whole. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, this, this situation is terrible and it's so saddening. And it really is one of those things where, like, you kind of see this portrayed in movies. We mm-hmm. hear about it when we're younger, when we're in the industry, but we don't. We haven't had it happen to us. We don't know anyone personally, so we kind of just let it go. So it's really, it's really saddening when it's like mm-hmm. now it's it's fully in the news and all these things. And, and the articles have been pretty explicit as to what's going on. The oh, quotes, yeah. the quotes that they've taken from text messages that are now public record, yes. um, are really disgusting. Like really, really disgusting and horrifying and humiliating so it's a terrible thing but in a way like it's such a wonderful thing because the good that's going to come out of this is like we know and parents might not send their children there and people are going to look differently and more women are going to feel like they can now speak up and there's a lot of good that can come from this situation and it's terrifying and I hope that if anyone's listening and they've been through this that you find a way to speak up or tell someone because it's it's a profession that people don't think of as being male dominated and as a scary place for women. But honestly, like it, it can become that. one of the scariest places for women. It's very alcohol and drug fueled. Mm-hmm. It's money, it's money hungry fueled. And there's just a lot of things that date back a long time. A lot of and, quote unquote traditions. Oh yeah. And I, I hate myself for thinking this, but I can't help but play devil's advocate to the men. And again, they're garbage. They are complete and utter yeah. garbage and they could have made a better choice. I wonder if they felt pressured to respond back to these donors. Oh, I'm because, sure. Because in, I do agree with you in that. I'm sure. And I don't I don't like feeling this way. I don't. I don't like giving credit to or you know, feeling yeah. sympathy for terrible people. But it's one of those things of where I go I, for those of you that are unfamiliar, donors are what make these major companies. Old money that will come in and cut a check for several billion, million to a billion dollars a season, mm-hmm. you know, or will write, you know, will pay for an entire tour. So, you know, mm-hmm. for 
City Ballet to go to Europe for, you know, six months and perform. Some rich billionaires cut a check for them, you know. Right. So, it's honestly, it's honestly one of the biggest ways that they make money. Obviously, they make yes. money off of ticket sales, um, you know, obviously, but... It's these donors and these sponsors that put mm -hmm. all of their time and energy and money that is what keeps these companies running. And it's not just the New York City Ballet. It's oh, all no, ballet it's companies. All ballet companies. All dance companies. All dance companies. It's a, I don't really understand how the donor situation started, but it's just like a tradition that like that's it's, how it works. Well, it goes back to as far as like kings and queens. It's like I have the money to pay for you to just dance all day. Yeah. So, I mean, it's why ballets were commissioned, telling, you know, kings and queens' favorite stories, and then that just continued on into modern day. Right, that's exactly how it is. Kind of set up. Yeah. So you do, and I've seen it before, you know, where... And, and the, other, the other thing, I, ju I just looked this up to confirm this, New York City Ballet, and I'm sure most dance companies, is a 501... Uh, C3. It's a non-profit. Mm. So, yeah, they're making money off of That's tickets. Ticket sales, government money, government and Government money, which is the least of what they're getting, and the, oh, yeah. and the donations. That's how they're making money off it. They're not getting any private... Like the donors is a certain is a separate thing because that's like a tax thing. But they're yeah, not getting they're right. not getting private funding. There's none of that that's happening. You know, and so I. I'll, I'll flip it to those young ladies. Like, how many young... I mean, I'm sure there are several men that are possibly in this situation as well. But, like, to those young dancers that the ballet master or the director of the program comes up to you and goes, hey, you need to be friendly to whomever because they just wrote a check for $5 yeah. million. I have no... I have no you know? doubt. I have no doubt that there's been situ situations where ballet masters or someone has gone up to, especially a female ballerina. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, I'm sure this happens with males, but I'm going to say especially a female ballerina. I have no doubt for because I'm sure that there's older men who've been donating mm -hmm. forever, and they... I'm Feel sure, entitled. I'm sure that they're that the female ballerinas have been approached. So-and-so just donate, especially if you're a core member. Oh, yeah. So-and-so just donated X amount of money. They love your work. They want to take you out to dinner. They want you to accompany them at a party. Yes. That's that's a scary situation. And I, I'm sure that there are some of those situations that were lovely evenings had by all. But that's also a very compromising situation to put a dancer that's 23, mm -hmm. you know, or a young woman who just made principal who just danced their first principal season in that pressure to now, if this doesn't go well, is he going to tell the master, you know, yeah, am I is gonna he not going to cut that check? Am I going to get fired? And are so, they going to, are they going to let me go? Am I not going to get a role that I've been, that I've been promised or I've been, I've, I'm right for because mm -hmm. I am sure, I am sure that there are people that literally are like, I'll write you a check, but I want to take so-and-so out to dinner. Yeah. I have no doubt. And that, in that, and again, for that to exist and be that way, we just need to break down these institutions because it's one of those things of, it's trickled down to the dancers now. I think this is what is most alarming about this situation to me is that it's not the higher-ups or the administrators. It's the dancers that you're in rehearsal with, you know, because the situation with uh, Mir being in Carousel, mm -hmm. Carousel, we mentioned on our podcast earlier about talking about the 2018 Tony Awards, Carousel won a Tony Award for choreography. And I want to say Best Revival. Did they not? No, they did not win no, Best that Revival. Was Dolly. No, that was Once on the Island. Oh, I have it all mixed up. Mm -hmm. But 
that show got a lot of press. You know, it has several big Broadway names in it. You know, Justin Peck choreographing it. So, like, you're, you're in a, he's in a show where they're all, like, there's a large cast, everyone's dancing. How do those men and women, particularly the women in that cast, feel knowing that these allegations are happening? You know, how are they feeling being backstage with him? Right, well, it's Monday, they're dark. But how do they, mm-hmm. you know, how do they feel knowing that they have to go to work with this person the next day? And I'm sure, again, the arts community is very small and a lot of dancers currently in Carousel were all also pulled from New York City Ballet. Yeah. Because Justin Peck worked with New York and was a principal with New York City Ballet. Yeah. So it is not unlikely. So yeah, it, it, it bothers me that the that it's down to the dancers in the in the rehearsal room with you. Because I'm just, knowing what I know about this person now, mm-hmm. I couldn't be backstage in the wing, in the dark with Amir waiting for us to go on stage to start our number. No, 100%. Like... I would not... And, and the character that he plays in Carousel is Jigger. And so he doesn't have... You know, it's, it's not a big role, but it is a role. And there are a couple of moments where he does have a couple of interactions with some of the female cast members that are... Be- due to due to the character, mm-hmm. because the character is abusive, there are uh, there are a couple of moments of that are not crazy abusive, but you know, t- like lean toward the abusive side mm-hmm. because that is the character of Jigger. I would one hundred percent not be okay with it. I would not. Yeah. So on top of not just being backstage with um, him or like. And all that controversy, like, I'm sure that stage manager is having the time of their lives trying to keep the craziness backstage during these shows. Yeah, I mean, I can I can only imagine how many ensemble members have called out or will are about to call out tomorrow because they mm-hmm. don't want to be in the same room or share the same stage with him. I can only imagine the amount of agent, angry agent calls that the agents have gotten and then that the stage manager has gotten from the agents we the producers. And the producers. I really... So this is something where I think the next 24 hours in terms of um, Amar... Am I saying his name correctly? Amar. Amar. I think it's Amar. Um, I think the next 24 hours in terms of Amar and Carousel, I think those are going to be very interesting to see how those go because I have no doubt that Equity is working overtime right now. The lawyers at Equity to figure this out. I have no doubt that the stage manager and agents are working overtime because mm-hmm. nobody wants to feel like they cannot go to their place of work and feel threatened and uncomfortable like that. And it's like uh, the thing that some of you may not know, but when you join companies like that travel the way that professional companies do, like when you're, it's a lot like it is in the younger companies. You see these people all the time. You're constantly with them. You're at parties together. They're friends. They're in your weddings. They're, you know, like they're in your house. Like, so all of these shared spaces that these dancers have, carried over with them to Broadway for this show, you know, going through the Tony Awards together, you know, Mm -hmm. the highs and lows of doing eight shows a week because ballet corps, uh, ballet companies don't typically do eight shows a week. And if they do, it's not the same cast every single time. So to go to an eight show a week, it's just us in here cranking this thing out. It creates a camaraderie. And so it really, it really and truly is a family. I mean, as someone who like, um, I did my fair share of, you know, regional shows and off-Broadway. My brother was part of a couple of different Broadway 
productions, it really does become a family and everyone gets to know everyone and everyone's families and spouses and partners and you go out together, you do these, all these events together. So it, it really is sad and upsetting to, I would be so upset and so beside myself to learn that this was happening if, if I didn't know it was happening. And that's the thing, like, you get, I would, I would find myself question. I felt this happening a lot throughout the entire Me Too movement, questioning every interaction that was, these people yeah. had. And so I can only imagine that every girl that has ever had any inter- inter- encounter mm-hmm. with those three gentlemen are now going, did he take a picture of me? Is that, right. am I one of the pictures or videos that was sent? You know, like, I, it causes all kind of questions and speculation. And then for the ones that, again, who didn't know, you know, we kind of, we were mentioning this off air, um, Justin Peck, he specifically pulled um, New York City ballet members because he knew the show that he wanted to choreograph. So right. did and he know if his career going to be affected right, by this? Right, that's the thing. is like, did he know, did he not know? And whether he knew or not, like, his career will take a huge hit if Amar stays in the show because now it is going to be a reflection of, Mr. Pack, unfortunately, yes. and that is not something that is fair if he did not know that this was happening. Because we have to remember, he was a guest artist with New York City Ballet. He was a guest choreographer. He wasn't a ballet master. He wasn't... Um, but I thought he did. Did Justin Peck I, dance with them? I do. I'm going to look it up right now. I know. He, I, I think do he did he like might one or two seasons with them. with them. Or possibly one or one or... I just know that he has connections with them. And any, oh, yes. anybody that's done anything with, you know, again, it's just ev- all of it's now on the table. Yes. Everything gets called into question when I one mean, person he, does something. He crazy. went to SAB at 18 years old. Like, he was invited by Peter Martins, who we know is the uh. ballet master who stepped down, to join New York City Ballet. So he did dance in New York City Ballet for a couple of years before he came a chore- became a choreographer. And so it's, it's also interesting because it's like, what, is, what does he know? And what has he been part of? Right. And has he been affected by this? And heaven forbid, is he another one of the criminals in this situation? Yeah, you know? that and would so, be so upsetting. That would, again, I pray that that's not the case. And so, yeah, I just, I that is where, I think that is where we're currently at, is where every time we look up, there's some type, some type of complication going on in the situation. And I just don't, it just, it's just, it's a scary world that we live in where, again, New York City Ballet, we're like, I'm always, I... I long for the days where it's like New York City Ballet versus American Ballet Theater and it's all like ballet and who's better technique mm-hmm. and who's better. I would much rather be that what we're arguing versus someone choosing to do something without someone's consent. Yes. You know, I really It's just like would. it's just it's very upsetting no matter where where or when it happens. And then when you add something on like dance, which is so sacred and special to so many people and looked up to by so many young girls and boys for this to just completely implode especially one of the biggest companies in In the the world world. in the world it's very very disheartening and it makes you question every dance class you're going to take a child to and every show you're going to go see and like do i even want to pay money to go see them see the nutcracker this year because is that supporting them like and we talked about seeing the nutcracker with them this year so so many layers to this that as a dancer teacher and choreographer make me feel even more of a type of way. Oh, yeah, because, like, my kids, we took my kids to see New York City Ballet last year. 
Yeah. You know, I took a group of my students to see New York City Ballet, and now I'm just like, I, uh, I would hate, you know, I send that permission slip home and their parents Google them or, you know, know what's going on, and they're like, wait, why are you bringing the kids there? You know? So I think it just completely changes the dynamic of what's going on in the world and, and how, again, how this will ripple down to, I'm sure that they are, there's some little girl or some little boy that wanted to be these guys mm-hmm. and is now tarnished by that, you know? And that's just... That's sad. It's very, very sad. Yeah. Um. So I think with that said, we're going to move on to closing remarks today only because um, I think that after this episode, that that is something that I, I would like everyone to sit with and yeah. really think over and it's not something to be ever be taken lightly um and so we think we thank everyone for listening and next week we will be back with some fun stories and some yeah. back to our lighthearted things but we yes. just felt like this is something that couldn't be ignored i'm 100 not um well that being said the curtain has closed on this episode but we hope that you will join us next week and every week after that we want to say a special thank you to our listeners our numbers keep growing and that's all thanks to you Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Point PYT. You can email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance team.